0: Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. Hi, everybody. I'm Catherine Pierce, and I'm the Poet Laureate for the State of Mississippi. Welcome to the Mississippi Poetry Podcast, a podcast where poetry comes alive for listeners. Across the country and the world, poets are writing right now and creating vibrant, important poems that enlighten, entertain, challenge, and comfort. Some of these incredible poets have roots right here in Mississippi. Each episode of the Mississippi Poetry Podcast will feature a different poet with Mississippi connections. We'll hear a poem, learn about how it was written, and chat a bit about poetry and beyond. I'm so glad to have Derek Harrell on the podcast today. Derek Harrell is the Adelie Schillig Associate Professor of English and African-American Studies at the University of Mississippi. His previous collections of poems include Stripper in Wonderland, Cotton and Ropes, winner of the 2014 Mississippi Institute of Arts and Letters Poetry Book Award. And his newest book, Come Kingdom, has just come out from LSU Press and is incredible. Derek, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about poems with me today.
1: Thank you, Katie, for having me and for all the work that you're doing as our Poet Laureate.
0: Oh, thank you. It is it is so much fun to get to do this stuff and an honor to get to do it. So, and one of my favorite things is getting to do this. So, thank you for coming on and talking about stuff with me. And so, we're going to start off with a non-poetry question before we get down to the poetry. So, Can you describe for us your perfect weather day? So thinking about the temperature, what the sky looks like, you know, anything you wanna describe about the weather and then tell us what you'd use that perfect weather to do.
1: That's actually, um, and thinking about that question, it's a lot tougher than I I imagine it to be, right? Because I I think, so I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, as you know, and, you know, that that perfect weather day for the first 32 years of my life is is maybe now a little different than the last 10 years that I've been in Mississippi. But Mississippi is extreme heat and Wisconsin can be extreme cold. And so I think my perfect day is somewhere in between. So maybe let's say like 70, 75 degrees. And I, I'm looking outside right now and there's an overcast, but there's something about overcast that I enjoy. Uh, it, without, the you know, the big sun beating down on you. Um, and maybe there's something uh, sort of, I don't know, peaceful about that, um, about that overcast. And so maybe it's 75, maybe there's an overcast. And uh, I, I try to stay in shape. And so for me, that that's a nice like run walk, maybe outside, maybe getting some shots up with my kid in, in, uh, in the driveway. We have a little basketball court out there. Um, I think I think that's like a perfect weather day. And, and that's what I'm doing on that weather day.
0: That sounds perfect. I love that. Yeah. That sounds like a great day. Thank you. All right. So what are you going to be reading for us today? Do you want to set up this poem a little bit before you start reading maybe?
1: Yeah. And, um, you mentioned, uh, my new collection come kingdom. Uh, it's, it's publication date was yesterday and I haven't read out of the physical book yet. So this is the first time I'll be reading something. So I'm trying to find, the poem that I'm going to read and I'll try to say a little something about it. Okay. Um, okay. This is Optometrist, and a large part of what I was interested in, in this book. And, you know, thank you again for uh, reading the book being one of the first people to see the manuscript and writing really kind words about it. I deeply appreciate it. One of the things I was interested in is, uh, men's health and the kind of taboo uh dialogue that we don't have as men you know and the older i'm getting and the more that i'm finding myself facing uh sort of various health uh i won't say concerns but just awareness just overall awareness you know uh i'm realizing that men aren't having the men in my circle we're not having these conversations right so whether it's my eyesight like now if i put something up to my face, I can't see it. And now I'm doing that thing, like pulling things out. You know what I mean? (laughs) See, and I'm like, I'm asking my my friends, I'm asking my guys, like, is that the case for you? And they're like, yeah, that's the... How come we're not talking about it, man? We probably need some glasses. You know what what I'm saying? We can still be cool and wear some glasses. And so this poem, Optometrist is... uh, It started, it was grounded in the idea of me not seeing an optometrist, knowing that I need to see an optometrist. And then it, it 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 dives into this sort of uh, bleak meditation of uh, what if I'm going blind, right? What, what if what if this is how it happens? You know, when you start to go blind. No, and I probably just need some glasses, some yeah. reading glasses, you know. But that's 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 what I'll say about this poem. And I'll read it. It's called "Optometrist." If seeing was a sense I valued, then This morning, I'd be on my way to see an optometrist. Instead, I'm watching the way shadows crowd outside my dining room window. I've released the blinds outside Mississippi is a bloody blur. Clouds gather to hold court, deliberate the worth of our sun Today, is Confederate gray. If I'm going blind, I wonder if I've seen enough for every compelling Mount Hood Kingdom ornament outside Portland hotel windows, I've squinted at the sight of an outlook burned grim. Boyer of rude suffering when viewing my granddaddy's blind resolve crumble like a burning watchtower. He says he doesn't mind not seeing because my grandma's face fills the void. I too only see her in darkness only see another kind of kingdom with my eyes shut. This morning, my child burrowed inside my chest and became another heart. His breathing printed an album as I blindly studied the dark room.
0: Wow, thank you, Derek. Thank you. Could you share something about the writing of that poem? Something you were thinking about the craft of as you were writing it maybe?
1: Yeah, um, let me go back to the page. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think I was really interested in playing with uh, beauty, right, and, and potentially everyday beauty that we you know maybe take for granted. Gosh, I want to say it was Portland. There was an AWP. It was either C, I think it was Portland. Yeah. I'm thinking Mount Hood. Well, any, I, anyway, I woke up one morning in my hotel uh, and I opened the, the, the blinds or the curtains or whatever. And it looked like Mount Hood was just sitting right across the street. And I was just like, how is that possible, right? And so in writing this poem, I'm thinking about you know, what are some of the things where we're just at like a writer's conference and we're just looking outside our hotel windows that could just, you know, if we're in a rush to get to the conference, we're just moving. It's like, oh, whatever. And, but taking that time to really, really uh, value sight. You know, uh, when I wrote this poem, my grandfather, uh, you know, had been you know going blind I don't know what the medical term is but you know he's, he was in his late 80s then and he's you know he's I can't see anything anymore he tell me you know, you know make sure you value your sight because you can see and it's beautiful things and also I wanted I wanted you know my kid to enter this this poem and so I was interested in in again the visual of of the beauty in in seeing my child and how you know beautiful he is visually to me. He's beautiful in a million other ways, but just visually just laying my eyes on him. Um, and so that's what I was really interested in. And you know, if you if you have the chance to like actually read and look at the poem you know, I was interested, I'm always interested in in enjambment and playing with, you know, my line breaks, right? And so, you know, there are things like at the end of a line where you might get something like um, voyeur, right? At the end of one of the lines, right? But it's voyeur of rude suffering. But I wanted that voyeur to just sit at the end of that line, right? Mm -hmm. Voyeur. Um, And then I, I end another line where if I'm going blind, I wonder, Right and and I'm I'm playing there and you know we don't like to give away too much of what we're trying to do you know because other people be like that's not there I'm like that's what I was trying to do though um, <laughs> but I have this if I'm going blind I wonder hanging at the end of the line playing with Stevie right wonder right in sight nice um, and so um, yeah I was interested in, in in visuals and I was interested in playing with with enjambment uh, at the end of the lines throughout the poem. <laughs>
0: Thank you. And I I love I mean, I love where that poem ends with your son. It's such a it's one of those endings that feels so surprising, but also so exactly right. Like I wouldn't have predicted that's where the poem was going to end up. But when it ends up there, I think, yes, of course, this is exactly where this poem needs to be. And it's just such a powerful ending when when that's brought in there at the end. So I love that. And I loved hearing you talk about it. Thank you.
1: I appreciate that. I'll just add this. And, and, and you probably know this as a parent, you know, there are those because the irony is I'm saying, you know, my, my child burrowed in, inside my chest, but it's dark in the, in the bedroom. Right. Um, but I can still see him through within that darkness. Um, but I'm sure you've had those moments where you you're just watching your child breathe. Right. And it's just it's this immaculate, beautiful thing that they're your child and they're alive and they're breathing. And it's five in the morning, four in the morning. And you're just up just watching them, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's where we exit.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a perfect ending. Thank you. Thank you. So, um. One more question. Could you give a bit of advice to poets who are starting out or people who may already be writing poetry, but want to do some more of it or find some new ways into it? What's a piece of advice that has been useful for you or that you think might be useful for someone else?
1: I would say just write, you know, um, and negotiate the genre later. You know, um, I think when we are so determined to write a poem or to write creative nonfiction or to write fiction, that can be stifling. I've learned that as a teacher from my students. And sometimes I say, you know, just let's just write, just write whatever comes to your mind or whatever you're interested in right now, whatever is moving you, what's striking to you, and then we'll lineate it later and see if we can make it a poem. Right. But if you're wondering or if you feel stifled because you don't know how to write the first line and then the second line and then the subsequent third line or whatever. And and that's 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 creating a sense of you being unable to pull the trigger, then just get something out, you know, especially for young writers, you know my kid'll be dad what's a poem i'm like son you know this is what a poem is that i think it is but it could be something different to you but the, the, the big thing is son just just write what you feel right now
0: yeah that's great advice i mean that's i feel like that's advice that i need to take sometimes also because it's it's still hard sometimes you sit down and you feel stuck and you think i don't know if this is going to be anything maybe it's not worth putting on the page and so yeah to have that permission to just write something down and then figure it out later, you know, but just get something down and then see where it takes you. And that's really good advice.
1: I am yeah. the king at do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> <laughs> I can't write a poem if I don't even know what kind of sequence is going to be involved with. So I need to work on all that myself.
0: <laughs> Isn't that funny, though? It's it's so much easier to give advice than to take it. It really is. Absolutely. I know. I know. It's true. I do the same thing.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, thank you. And then finally, finally, where can we find more of your work if we want to read some more poems by you? So I have a website
1: in progress. So maybe you can just probably Google Derek Harrell uh, within the next month or so. We're in August now, um, and that website should be up and running, and that'll have a lot of information about, you know, where I'm going to be reading from the new book and all that good stuff. Otherwise, uh, LSU, uh, their website has – I have my own page on their website, so if you go to LSU uh, Press, uh, org Lsupress and just type in Derek Carell my name you should be able to find some information about uh, what I have going on in, in my books and, and whatnot
0: excellent thank
1: you all right well, I'm well, on social media too I'm on yes. Facebook Twitter and Instagram and all right I'm bad at most of it but I'm on there
0: <laughs> but you're on there so that's not That's what matters. All right, well, thank you. Thank you so much, Derek Harrell, for talking with me today about poems and weather and lineation and kids and all of this important stuff. And thank you for sharing your advice and your insights. And thank you all for listening to the Mississippi Poetry Podcast, where poetry comes alive.